to the KC City Church Audio Podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. I was, I was listening to a couple of, um, just reading a couple of uh, articles and listening to some, um, I, I suppose maybe uh, I, would, I would call it, uh, How do I how do I phrase it well? Uh, I mean, it's it's criticism in a sense, but maybe it is um, you know each one watching out for someone else when someone may sh- share or say something in error, someone else comes up and tries to correct it. And I don't know. I just have a major issue about that being done on social media. Correction being done on social media, it just really bugs me and it just bothers me that I tend to take it out personally with the individual. I will either send a personal message to the person or what. And in this case, I didn't. I just said, just read this in context. And so the person then replied and thanked me for the YouTube uh, uh, link that I shared. And, and it was about a person who was sharing about, uh, about communion to some extent, but termed it in, in the whole... In, in the whole uh, I think title was, oh, so-and-so has gone, has, has, become, uh, uh, has, has become Catholic and has gone into the context of trans, transubstantiation, meaning the literal body and blood of Christ. And so I just said, you know, listen to the whole context. And, and, and I know some of the things that he had mentioned there, I would, I would question it myself, but I don't think the forum is for me to do that in public, in social media, because as it is, they see a church that's fragmented. They see the church that is very, they see a church divided, right? Do, do you see that even during the bushfire thing, you, you find that, hey, the Sikhs are there taking food. Sikhs, not a division. Have we ever found a statement that says Christians are taking it? No. So you'll find certain communities. So we, the world perceives us as being a fragmented body. Now, we understand that there are different churches, like there are different families, and that's fine. I, I'm not in, in any way trying to suggest or say that that is a wrong thing. We all understand why there are denominations, because over time, there were truths that were presented, and there were the emphasis of that truth, and hence, we had denominations, like the emphasis of methodical teaching brought about Methodist movement. The emphasis of baptism by full immersion brought about the Baptist movement. Right? The emphasis of speaking in tongues brought about the Pentecostal movement. Right? So every truth that was added to the church brought about a certain emphasis that began to become what we felt was the be-all and end-all. But that's not it. We know that there is what we call the full gospel. And we believe in the full gospel. Amen? Amen. That God still heals, right? That's right? Come on. Does God still heal? Yes. Now, sometimes we may go through life where he may not, in our, in our time, in our agenda, has, has not, that, that healing hasn't happened yet. But does that imply that God does not heal? No, God still heals. God is still on the throne in 2020, as he was in 2019, even if 2019 wasn't a great year for you and I, right? Or it may have been a great year. Now, it can be a greater year this year. Is this year going to be chaotic for you and I? Probably. It might be. 
You know, just because it's 2020 doesn't mean there's going to be some magic formula in that. Right? But yet at the same time, there is a prophetic declaration over it. Never, never, never in your lifetime, I can definitely say this because you're all fairly young. Right? You weren't born in 1919. I don't think there's anyone here born in 1919. So, but 2020, we get to enter into a new decade. You and I get to enter into. Come on. Isn't that exciting? You and I get to enter into a new decade. We will get to enter into a new decade. Those who are yet to be born will never experience what it meant to have left the old decade to move into the new one. We get to. And so 2020 has to be an exciting year for you. They say 2020. It is said that 2020 is a year of new beginnings. Double portion. Right? Double portion, double anointing, double this, double that. Right? So there are so many, so many aspects that we can, we can get out of 2020. Right? Last week you heard me share that there were three things I felt the Lord just over between Christmas and New Year. I felt the Lord just drop these three words in my spirit. One is trust more. In 2020, what? So, so this year, it, it, for me, it wasn't about, in all, in all honesty, it wasn't, it wasn't about writing resolutions. This year, it wasn't that for me. This year, it was all about these three things that I felt the Lord just dropped in my spirit. Trust more, love more, and live in expectancy. Right? Trust more, love more, and live in expectancy. So am I going to trust more this year? Am I going to love more this year? Am I going to live in expectancy? So we all have expectations for our lives. Amen? We definitely do. How many here don't have expectations for your lives? <laughs> Praise God. No one. Hallelujah. We're a people of faith. Amen? We're moving, we're moving in faith. But what would it look like if we exchanged our expectations with eager expectancy to see the Lord work in his unique way in our lives? What if we exchange that expectation to expectancy, right? So expectations now, we all have them. Hey, uh, can I have the, I'll, I want to drive this, I want to drive this car if I could. Uh, when you can, just bring it up. I'll, I'll just move on. Otherwise, I'll just give you directions. Thank you. Sorry, I forgot to mention that earlier. Uh, expectations. What are expectations? We all, have, we all have them, right? We have them concerning our lives, our jobs, our marriage, our children, our ministries. We all have expectations. Every single person here, we have, we have, ex, we have expectations, right? Now, so what are they? How would you define an expectation? What, what is an expectation to you? Come on, tell me. What's an expectation? Brett, what's an expectation? You didn't expect that. That's why I called you. <laughs> See, that was an expectation that was not coming, but hey, you got it. So what's an expectation? So all of you be prepared. What you don't expect is going to happen today. Hallelujah. An expectation would be something that you would ju just expect to happen. <laughs> Expectation is just, it's something that you expect to happen. Praise God. Did you expect that to happen? <laughs> What's an expectation? What else is an expectation? How would you define? What is an expectation? 
same old, same old. That's your expectation. Same old, same old. What's an expectation? <laughs> I wasn't expected. <laughs> so what would you define as an expectation? Uh, expecting great things from God. Uh, so yeah. an expectation for you is expecting great things from God. If you're visiting, don't worry. The mic won't come to you. So relax. <laughs> This morning you can you can relax. So what's so an expectation? Simply put, is this that they are what we look forward to, what we anticipate, what we desire, what we hope for, and hold that thought. What we hope for, right? What we hope for. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll I'll bring I'll bring a, a I'll bring passages of scripture to under undergird that aspect. What we hope for. So at some point in our lives, right? Probably an expectation may have gotten you into trouble, right? A particular, thank you. Uh, an expectation may have gotten you, I know I've gotten, you to, I've gotten into trouble, you know, expecting particular aspects, and it didn't turn out that way, and, it, and it, you know, like, uh, you know, you drive above uh, 100 in a 80 zone, and the expectation is this, that, you look around, no one's around, hallelujah, let's just go for it, right? And suddenly, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, something comes behind you, you wonder, where did he come or she come from? Where did that, so the expectation, right? You know, I always, always re- remember this, this story, I think, uh, was this guy that was, was driving in, and uh, I think the, the police, if I remember clearly, the police, police stopped him, it was a... Apparently he was a minister. The police stopped him and did a breathalyzer test and found that uh, he was just over, just over that. And, uh, and so he, the police had asked this guy, this, this priest, I think it was, I'll say it's a priest, because no, I shouldn't say that, that's not right. That's a, that's a terrible thing. Please make sure that's, that's removed from, from that. That's, I like that part. Let's just say he was a... He was a person. <laughs> so, and as he, as he who, who understood the Bible. So the priest said, have you been drinking? And not the priest said, the police said. Oh, gosh. The police, I'm going to get myself into deep trouble. <laughs> so the police said that, that I, were, you, were you drinking? He says, no, no, sir, I wasn't. So he says, what, what do you have there? Oh, that's just water. And so he gave him, can, can I have a? whiff of that. And so he whipped it. This is not water. And so the person's response was this, oh dear, he must have done it again. <laughs> so the priest was, I mean, the police was wondering what happened. He said, so he's turned water into wine. So it was initially, so as he was drinking, it was water for him. And then eventually it became wine. That's what, that was his, that, that was his story. So the expectation was that, that the water that he had would have turned into wine, and eventually it actually did. But, you know, we have sometimes, I know it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but we sometimes have these sorts of expectations. Expectations that potentially may not really happen in our favor. And so we get into a place where we either stop believing God or something along the way happens and we just exist as believers. We just exist. We don't change the things around us. We don't influence. We stop being a person of influence. Because how can I, how can I expect when 
So, so 2020, you know, we had the start of the year. This is our second Sunday. What's the year looking like for you? What, what, what expectations can we have? What, do we live with a particular expectation or do we live with expectancy, right? So now I want to show you some things and see whether this kind of resonates with you. So these are possible ex- expectations, right? I should have a high-paying job in my dream field of work right after uni. I should be married by now or dating by now. I mean, I have, I, I have kids that have, you know, either in uni or now finished, and there is an expectation, like, you know, conversation that I have, oh, when I come out of uni, I'm, this is how much I'm going to be earning, this is what I'm going to be driving, this is what, and, and you speak to young people, I myself did that, right? But did that actually really happen? I should be married by now or dating by now. I, it's been a year since the breakup or divorce. I should be over this already. I should be more satisfied as a Christian. I should have a community of friends by now. I should be a better boss, worker, and leader than I am or more competent. I should be five kgs lighter than I am. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> yes, we both agree. Hallelujah. <laughs> I should be going to the gym five times, five days a week. Here, I'm only going three times. Now, I should own a house by now or traveled by now, traveled more by now. I should X, Y, Z. Fill in the blanks. What should, what should, what should, right? So when, when, when you're young, you have the expectation concerning growing up. Well, once I'm 18 and hit the magic number, I would, be in, I would instantaneously be an adult and I will know what to do. I'll know how to manage things. I can now drink and drive and, no, just drink, can't drive. Not drink and drive. I can drink, but I can't drive after I drink, right? So I can drink and life would be great. Well, would it be? When you got engaged to be married, there were certain expectations that you had. A four-bedroom house, a dog and a cat that live in harmony, right? The number of children you would have, how much money would you would be making, right? It would be happy, happy, happy with no bumps on the road. So if you ask my wife, Chris, are you as happy as Larry? <laughs> are you as happy as Larry? You know, she will probably be able to give you a proper response. Hallelujah. Maybe solicit that after service if you would like to. <laughs> now, and some of us are still waiting on that. We're still, we're still waiting for that to happen, right? As a, as a new parent, there are certain expectations regarding children. How they would behave in public, how they would be, behave at, at home, right? Their choices as teenagers, their career choices as adults, their desire to have me come and live with them when I'm old. Is that a realistic expectation? Or that they will be fighting over me coming to live in their home, right? Now, none of my kids are married yet, but I hope they listen to this message and this part again and again. They'll be fighting over me coming to live in their home again and again. Not live in our house and keep fighting, hallelujah. But, but they'll be fighting for us to come and live in their homes. I mean, would that be a realistic expectation? Could that happen? Should that happen? Don't we as parents invest in them to make sure that we can live in their homes? Come on. 
Help me out here. <laughs> Am I out on the limb now? <laughs> oh, is that an expectation that is... Uh... <laughs> Praise God. Right? Now, so we are individuals. I mean, you have a passion. You have a drive, don't you? If you don't have a passion, you won't be here. If you don't have a passion, you won't be awake. If you don't have a passion, you would not want to pursue God in period. I mean, you have a passion. You, 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 have, you have a drive. And so we all want to live productive lives. We all want to, we all want to have deep relationships. We all want to set goals. We, we, we all have dreams and timelines. Now, I, w- I want to have a job by this time. I want to be dating by this time, etc., etc., etc. Right? There's a fine line, though. That's important. That's a fine line that you and I walk when we start to plan out your whole life and put expectations on where you want it, where you want to be, and when you want to be there. So there is that fine line, right? Now that line that you're walking is a line between our plans and God's plan, right? Our plans and God's plan. There's always that, that, and there's always this tension that we're going to be whatever, whatever season in life that you and I are in. And so at the start of this year, I, w- I want us to, I- I'm sure you're confronted with that, but I, I-, I want to challenge us this morning again that, you know, as we come to understand that we desire and what we, and what we look forward to aren't always what we're going to get. Right? Sometimes we set the bar too high. Sometimes... And, 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 and are disappointed. Now, sometimes we set the bar too low and accept second best for us. So how do we find that happy, how do we find that happy medium and hear this? How do we get to a place where we can be disappointed in the, with the past? We can be disappointed with the past, yet still hope for an amazing and exciting and an excellent future. Yet we can hope for that. We can go through disappointments. We can. And it is okay to look back and say, man, I was really disappointed. You know, I wish I this. I wish I that. You know, like, you know, I keep rehearsing with my wife every now and then. I wish we didn't sell our property in Blackburn because we would be millionaires now. I'm sure there are many of us here who wish that, right? That wish you had kept certain things, right? But, it's go- but we can still have an amazing future. Maybe not as a millionaire, it doesn't matter. That, that is besides the point. Seriously. At the end of the day is this. Am I living to the fullest of what, God, of what God's expectancy is? Of what God's expectation is? And I'm living in that expectancy. So to never ever, 24-7, and this, you, you, you may think it's, it's, you can't live it like this. No, 24-7, to not live in regret, or to not live in a place where I'm just doubting and doubting. Doubts come, and that's okay. It's okay for us to experience doubts here and there, but where does it camp? Where is it, cam- it, it, has it? Has it taken hold? Has it got, as you've heard me say in the past, have you given it rental space in your mind? This is real estate for you and I, right? Our minds and our passion and our heart for God is real estate. And what we allow to take, to, uh, to, to 
if, if, if we provide space for these things to rent it from us, then what happens? There's no more space for us. And it is hard to evict things. It is absolutely, it is, it is so difficult, right? So what will it take now for us to realize that we are precious to God and that we can expect, we can expect more from him? Do you want the short answer? Short answer is, is this. It's simple. You may think this is such a simple thing because it is. It is, it is actually simply this. Take all of our expectations of what we could be, should be, or will be, and set them before the Lord. Take everything, what it could be, what it should be, or what it will be, and set them before the Lord. Lord, here it is. Here, let me give this to you. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Then pick up the spirit of expectancy and cover your minds. Cover our minds and our hearts with that and wait on Him. Right? Wait on Him. Pick up the spirit of expectancy. Live every day. Live 24-7 a day. Live 24-7 with, with the spirit of expectancy. I'm expecting it. I'm expecting it. There is this expectancy and live in it. Live consistently in it. And don't let anyone rob you from that. Don't let anyone take you away from that place. Don't let anyone evict you from that place because that is your choice. That is our choice, right? Oops. That's our choice. The long answer is this. When we set aside our pre preconceived ideas, right, of what could have been or what should have been or what will be in the future. Now, what we're doing is this. We are creating space for the Lord to then work in our lives. When we commit to develop the spirit of expectancy, then we are training our minds and our hearts to expect God to work His will within our lives. So when we pick that up, it's like picking a bow and an arrow. We begin to then give ourselves towards training. So picking up the spirit of expectancy is to train our hearts and, 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 our, and, our, and our minds, right? When we commit to developing the, the spirit of ex expectancy, then this training continues and it continues and it continues. We give ourselves to it. So when we are consciously seeking God's will and expecting him to move according to his plan for our lives, then we begin to see the hand of God directly working. You know what? This, this begins to happen. We then become aware of all of the ways that he is leading and directing us. Friends, if I were to ask you this, are you aware of all of the ways that God is leading you? How is God leading you personally? Do you find yourself always going to someone and saying, can you please pray for me uh, for God's will? Not that that is wrong in itself, but is that is, is, is that what God expects for you and I? For us to go to someone on a consistent basis? I think going and asking for in the multitude of counselors, there's wisdom, that's good. But the primary thing is, should be this, you must be convinced first. You and I must be convinced first. That's the kind of God that we have. And that's the kind of 2020 that you and I need to have. That certainty that I am heard by God, and God hears me, and that others will only confirm and affirm what I have already heard. And if there needs to be some correction, I am open to it. Because I am living in the spirit of expectancy. Because there is an expectation that what I hear may not be fully accurate. 
And so I submit this. I come in submission and in humility to begin to hear this. And then begin to see that adjustment. Because as I live in expectancy, God is the one who is, who is doing the leading. He's the one that is shaping it. Right? Because all things will work together for good to them that love the Lord and who are called according to His purpose or her purpose. Right? In the original, you've heard me say this. It simply means this. All things work together for good means this. The sum total of my experience, of our experience, will work for its good. The sum total, not the one experience, but the sum total of the experiences will work for it's for its good. So we begin to then recognize that it is God working on our behalf that causes the ups and downs or the ebbs and flow within, within, within our lives and, and what we begin to face. We are no longer stressing out about what is happening right now. So we don't go through the unnecessary anxiety or depression or anything like that because we know God is in control. Man, He is in control. Yep, I've lost my job. Praise God. Because there is one coming. There is a new assignment coming. There is a new assignment coming. Right? Right? All the injustices in our past, all the worry about our future, rather, we exchange the hurts and disappointments with the assurance now that we, of, that we can expect God's will for our lives. And, and that will is always His best. We can trust Him. And we can become active participants along with God. Not this passive, let's see what happens kind of a deal. Right? What happens? You know, not, not crusaders launching out on our own as well. Right? Not helpless victims waiting for what is going to be happening next. Oh, I'm, I'm too worried. I'm, 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 a, I'm a victim. So what, what's going to happen next? Oh, you know, touch wood, touch wood. You know, that, that sort of a thing. You know, those, those, those things we say, oh, cross, cross, cross your finger. And cross your toes as well. You know, that, that sort of a thing. We, we hear that, right? Many who don't have an understanding of God say that, cross fingers. Hey, let's cross fingers, okay? No, for us, it is this. The expectancy, man, my God, is so interested and so concerned about me, loves me beyond a shadow of any doubt, that I can just fully just jump. Just fully just jump out there. Just fully jump out there. You know, it is like, uh, I was kind of half watching Avatar yesterday. My daughter and my wife, they were, they were watching that. And, and, and what, what really, the, the thought, as they were watching, just, just the idea, I mean, I've, I've seen that in the past, just the idea of knowing that. This guy has an avatar to get into that world that he normally cannot get into. You know, but he needs to come to a place where he goes into a particular cubicle and whilst he's there resting, he's able to get into that space and experience a world that he's never experienced. Sam Worthington had an accident and he couldn't walk, so he was on a wheelchair. But he gets into this space and now gets an avatar and he's all over the place. He's running. For the first time, he's running and he's experiencing this. And it's, and it's like this. It's, it's this kind of a world that we get into, you know, that God has, in inverted commas, 
like an avatar that we just link in with. And, and, and he begins to take us into places and spaces that we would never experience. But we've got to come into this cubicle. We've got to come into this place where he says, come away with me, come away. Come away with me. Come into this cubicle, come into this place where you will, where, where, where you will experience and carry this spirit of expectancy. And in this, whatever you expect, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen because you're with me now. You're with me. You've come into this space. And can 2020 look like that for you and I? Can we shake away the things of the past five years or ten years or three years or one year or six months or even a week and say, God, I have such a high level of expectancy in you because you will never, ever disappoint me. Say it with me. God, you will never, ever disappoint me. Come on, say it one more time. Like you, and I believe it. God, you will never, ever disappoint me. Okay, so now turn to the person beside you and say, God's not going to disappoint you. In, in, fact, in fact, say this. God, say to someone else now. God will never disappoint you. Say to someone else. Yeah. So, can God be trusted in 2020? Can God be trusted? Can your God be trusted? Can your view of God be trusted? Can your mindset of who God is be trusted in 2020? Come on, ask yourself this. Can you? Because if you can, imagine this now. You're going to be that avatar that will get into another world. You will do the things that you've only dreamt to do. And it will be so majorly exciting for you that you will never want to leave that place. You will want to live in that in that sphere, in that space, 24-7, right? Let, 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 me, let me read you a couple of things about what people are saying about 2020. What are your predictions for 2020 and beyond? Kara Swisher, in her column, anticipates a tech, tech predictions for the next decade. Opinion by columnist Kara Swisher anticipates that automation will be used for good. Social media will be depolarized. And, the might, and we might finally put down our phones. And you, can, can you see that coming? Well, you wouldn't have seen the brick becoming just the brick phone the one that was like a brick that you could kill someone with, now, now it's just this little phone, just this tiny little thing, right? You wouldn't have thought that before, but it is. Climate change, this is, we ask students what they think will happen globally, nationally, locally, and in their own lives in the next year or 10. From climate change to politics to sports, here are their predictions. In the coming decade, I believe that the fight against climate change will increase as more of the younger generations are able to vote and be part of, the, part of our government. The older generations who admit who didn't do as much to save our planet and fight against emissions will be voted out of office. 
I think that we will start to attack climate change at a more aggressive approach than in the past years. This is what all these teen, teenagers are saying. There will, be where, there will be war and even more division in 2020. I think that in 2020, there will be a major war. I think because Trump doesn't put up with any threats from other countries, we will be led into a war. We will find our way out of political polarization while we are scrambling to find plausible solutions to things like climate change, racism. We are becoming more polarized and divided than ever. Now, let's look at this. Christian leaders, what Christian leaders are saying. They have a vision for 2020 as the year of the Bible for millions around the world. Beyond selfies and New Year's resolutions to make this year the hashtag year of the Bible. Hashtag year of the Bible for every believer. Christian, Christian leaders have come and, and, and garnered support from Pope Francis, Ravi Zacharias, Francis Chan, and over 20,000 churches and ministry organizations in more than 100 nations. The founder of the Year of the Bible, Year of the Bible, YOTB, Nick Hall, has been called the Billy Graham of this generation, told Fox News. And our theme this year is re-engage the Bible. So it's about, re sorry, re-engage the gospel. It's about re-engaging the gospel. How are we presenting the gospel? How much do we really believe in, in, this, in this gospel? 65,000 college students ring in New Year worshiping Jesus, right? It's not a typical college New Year's party. More than 65,000 young Christians gathering in an Atlanta stadium to kick off the new decade with worship, prayer, and Bible teaching. So while a Pew Research Center survey shows that no, no, no one's or re religiously non-affiliated Americans are increasing with the decline of Christian over the last decade, the sold-out conference seems to be outright defying that. 65,000 young people gathered. Can God be trusted? Can your God be trusted in, in 2020? Right? Now, we know that life is certainly a, a series of, uh, of, of it's, it's a journey. It's a series of things that happen and things that potentially, potentially, may, potentially may not. So the thing about 2020, you know, you've heard it say 2020 vision, right? 2020 it's about this, this, about this double blessing. How do we move in 2020, friends? Just very, very quickly, I just want to leave you some, some verses here. How do we, how do we continue to leave, live in this expectancy? And what does it take? It, 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 actually, it actually takes this one, this one word that you and I know. It takes faith. It takes nothing more than you and I understanding the whole context of, of faith. Right? So... You know, we talked about this aspect of expectations. What do we look forward to? What, what do we anticipate? What do we desire? What we hope for? But let's look at, 
Let's look at the context of Joshua in chapter 1, verse 3 to 5. To move forward in faith, what does it require for you and I? To move forward in faith, it's simply this. It is to live in the present and not in the past. I need to live in the now. So 2020 is about me living in the now. So read it, read it together with me. It says here, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all of the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Now, when you hear that, how can you and I not live with this expectancy? Right? Now, Joshua is about to conquer something that he wasn't probably and potentially ready for. Right? Twelve of them go in. They check out the land and they come back. And only two of them believe. And they go into this 40-year period, right? This 40-year this 40, this 40 period of really, really wondering. What is going to be happening? Am I going to enter into, into this promised land? So God is what I would call and, 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 and term as the great equalizer. His presence makes the difference in helping people accomplish the impossible tasks. Knowing that he's present now, a shepherd named, a shepherd boy named David faced and defeated David. Uh, sorry, defeated um, uh, Goliath, a giant. He defeated a giant and he became the hero. Daniel was saved from the ferocious lions because God was with him. The young Hebrew captives, the three of them, they, didn't, they, they weren't burnt nor even scorched because God was with them in the fire, a handful of uneducated believers who really believed in the message of the Christ began to change the world upside down or right side up, right? So how could all these people fight these battles and make all these changes? By knowing that God was present with them. God was present with them. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. So there are three different versions here as you look at it. And it is, it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Right? Uh, that's the NLT. The message says this. It's impossible to please God apart, apart from faith. It is impossible to please God. With, uh, sorry. It is impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that, they, that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. So he exists and he will respond to those who seek him. That's you and I. Uh, I, I love the uh, Passion Version. It says this, And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith knowing that he is real and that he rewards faith. He rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking him. So this is what God is saying now. He's saying that it is impossible. You and I can never please God except through faith. So we need to settle that in 2020. 
If the Lord is saying, trust more, then what he's saying is this, have faith enough to just throw yourself. Just jump, just jump, take that leap. Just jump. Don't, don't, don't sit back and wonder and, 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 and count all of your cost all of the time. Now, I, I'm, I'm not encouraging you not to count the cost. You ought to count the cost. But if in counting the cost, you begin, you begin to entertain fear, disregard that because that is of the enemy. It needs to lead you and I into wisdom. Wisdom is not fearful. Wisdom is not about fear. Hallelujah. So wisdom will help you and I. So let's begin to jump into that. Let's begin to see that if we, if, if man, you know what, church? If, if every one of us, if all of us, you know, even if we feel like Gideon, so what? We're hiding there and God comes to you and he says, man, I want you now to downsize that army to 300 and I'm going to give you the victory. Isn't that great to live? Isn't it great to live in that sort of an expectancy that you can trust God and not be overly worried and be fearful and be, you know, just stressed? Today, I want you to leave this place here knowing that you can face the world. Knowing that you can take every challenge. And when you amen me, you better make sure that you're going to do that. And if you haven't amen me yet, you better, make it do, you better do it now. Come on, say it with me. Amen. That's right. Because you know why? And you know why I dare challenge you and I? Because I believe in, a certain, in the certainty of my God. I know in the certainty of my God. I can trust in the certainty of my God. I know I'm living proof to the certainty of God. Because I know what I've trusted God in and what I have seen come to pass. And I know what I'm hoping for will come to pass. Not might come to pass, will come to pass. And I've experienced the things that have not even come to pass as yet. I've experienced all of that and I continue to experience that. Right? But I still live in this. So how do you grow your faith? Come on, tell me church. How do you grow your faith? By? By hearing the word of God. That's my second point. Thank you. My second point is this. You grow in faith by hearing the word of God. In Romans 10, 17, it says, then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when you hear the word of God as I am preaching to you right now, as I preach to you, what happens? Faith should rise. Faith should begin to rise. Where's my phone? Let me read you this passage of scripture from, uh, it's not in my notes there, but if you can turn to Acts chapter 14. Turn with me to Acts chapter 14. Praise God. In verse 7. Acts chapter 14, verse 7. Who's got it? Acts chapter 14, verse 7. Has anyone here got that verse? Okay. And the person that's got the verse, oh, it's up there. Okay, praise God. So you've all got the verse. And they were preaching the gospel there. I'll, I'll, I'll read from the NLT and it says, and they, were, and they preached the good news, the gospel. Now in verse 8 it says, While they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with a crippled feet. He had been, he had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. He was sitting and, list, and in verse 9 it says, And listening as Paul preached. Looking straight at him, Paul realized he had faith to be healed. 
So Paul called to him in a loud voice, stand up. And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. Now when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in their local dialect, these men are gods in human form. Now there were three things that Paul did and Barnabas did here. What was it? The first thing was in verse 7. And they preached the gospel. Right, verse 7. Can we go back to verse 7, please? And they preached the good news, the gospel. Re-engaged with the gospel and they preached the gospel. So something happened as they preached the gospel. Because in verse 8, we see that while they were at Lystra, Paul and Barnabas came up. Sorry, in verse 9. And listening as Paul preached, looking straight at him, Paul realized he had faith to be healed. Who is he talking about he had faith to be healed? Was it Paul had faith to be healed? Or was it the paralyzed had faith to be healed? The paralyzed had faith to be healed. How, was the, how did the paralyzed have faith to be healed? Because he heard someone preach to him. The word was preached and faith began to arise. And when faith began to arise, he felt that he could believe. Was it Paul's faith that healed him? No, it was his faith. It was the paralyzed faith. I'm not paralyzed faith. <laughs> How can that be paralyzed faith? Maybe faith paralyzed him to believe that he could be healed. Hallelujah. Paralyzed him from unbelief. Wouldn't that be good? Faith had paralyzed him from unbelief. Amen. So, so it was this paralyzed who, who had faith as he began to believe. This morning, what's rising up within you? What's, what's, entering your, what's entering into your spirit? What's stirring within your spirit this morning? What is it stirring? That's what is important today. Right? You may, you, you may find some of my jokes are kind of stupid and silly. It doesn't matter. That's okay. That shouldn't be stirring you this morning. But the word of God should. And if the word of God is, then praise God. Take it. Now, what else happened in... Uh, I can't remember the passage... But I know the context, maybe Matthew chapter 7 or 14, I'm not sure. But anyway, the story is this. The story is the lady with the issue of blood. The lady with the issue of blood. What was Jesus' response to her? Your faith has healed you. Now, if you read that context, she, it says, the word of the Lord says, she heard about the things that Jesus was doing. And she had this issue of blood for years. So she heard something. Friends, what do you and I hear? What do we give ourselves to? There was a preacher, I think his name was R.C. No, R. Nelson or some Nelson, something Nelson. Anyway, the story about him was this, that he was told that he couldn't walk anymore because he had a particular injury and, and he couldn't walk. So while he was lying on his, on his bed, the Lord, as he began to pray, as he began to seek the Lord, the Lord reminded him that in, in James chapter 5, verse 14, I believe it says, call for the elders and let them pray and, and the sick will be healed, right? It said that. Now, and his response was this. Oh, in my, and he was a, he had a doctorate 
So he's, he went through all of the, he got his degree, got his master's, got his doctorate in theology. And here is lying a man who knew all of that. And he was told that that, that, that couldn't happen. And anyway, the Lord reminded him, you know, it, because it was in his church that they didn't, they didn't believe, but he said, but you know that there are two people who believe in this. Go and call them. So they, he invited them. Right? He invited them and they came and they prayed for him. And as they began to pray for him, he actually got healed. Because there was the word of God that was resident within him that, in, that, that, that shifted his mindset. And today, as I come to a close here, I, I want to ask us this one very, very important question. What is it, church? What is it, what is it that's, that's going to shift our mindset this, this morning? What is it that is shifting? What's going what's gonna, what's gonna to cause a shift to come within you and I? That, firstly that it is impossible to please God without faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. And that with faith, there is that power even unto salvation. Right? You look at the context of Cornelius. Cornelius was a Gentile. And you know that story? An angel appears to Cornelius and tells Cornelius, go and call so and so. It was Peter. And in that context, we know that the angel could not preach the good news. But the angel could come to that person and, and encourage that person to get someone who would preach. And so upon hearing that, something happened and shifted Cornelius to begin to believe. And the word of the Lord says that him and his household were saved. So friends, something powerful can begin to happen and will happen when you and I begin to give of ourselves to hearing the word. So if it is the year of the Bible this year, if it is the year of the word this year, if it is for us to re-engage with the gospel, what are you and I then going to be stepping out into? How are we going to now begin to plan the year out? What are the things that we are going to do in order to engage with the word of God that will shift our mind, shift our spirit, cause us to experience the amazing things that God has already planned and set out for you and I because the word of the Lord says that he has already planned the good things for you and I, that we are his workmanship. And he has already planned these things for us to enter into. This year, this is what it is. 2020 vision is this, man. You don't need these glasses anymore. You can see that. You can begin to see. You know, he's got this avatar there for you. Step into that. Step into that world, friends. Step into that world. And let us begin to... Just play me something. Play me anything. Just step into, just, just step into that world. And let's, let's begin to just enter into a space where God is just willing to do... God is wanting to do this for you and I. He's wanting to do this for you and I. So as you close your eyes this morning and as we come to the table this morning this is the reminder for us that 
we are one body. We are not a fragmented body. But the word of the Lord does say that we are to discern. That's why some have died. They've fallen sick. So as you, as you begin to discern, as you come to the table, Take the emblems as you hold, as you hold these in your hand this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Just hold the emblems in your hands for a, for a moment and I want us to thank you, thank you that you are worthy, you are worthy. We're going to sing the song in a moment but carry that thought through. And he is so worthy. He is worthy of it all. So, so friends, we come into this space, in, into a time of, of communion, where the word of the Lord says that we are this one body. We're not a fragmented body, but we are one body. And today, being one body, we must believe in one message. The one message that we heard this morning is this That without faith it is impossible to please God And that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word And that as we hear the word God is able to then Take us into places Of experiences that Without faith we will never able to get there And so then friends I can safely then say or you can then safely say I can trust more this year what is it that God is asking me to trust more in this year what is he asking me to love more this year who is he asking me to love more? and how do I live in expectancy I live I Take with me the spirit of expectancy. And you know, communion is about this expectancy because as we partake of communion, we are then proclaiming that my Christ is coming again. That is what it is. So it's not just something that we just do right now that is, is, a, is, is a flippant thing. It's such a precious moment right now that we know his blood flows through our vein. That blood. And that body that as we partake, we, we partake of this amazing body. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Father, we thank you for your body that was broken for us, Lord. The body that bore my sin, bore our sin, bore our sicknesses. Bore all of that. I want to thank you for that, that we can come now as a body and believe that our faith in you is going to cause us to transcend into a place and space that without it we will never be able to go. So today we acknowledge faith is that currency that we need to transect in your kingdom. And so by partaking of your body, we are saying yes to this life of faith. In Jesus' name, let's partake of that. Thank you, Lord. And friends, as we hold this cup, this, this cup reminds us of the blood that was shed. Without the shedding of blood, there would not be a new covenant. Without the shedding of blood, this covenant would be invalid. So his blood had to be shed. And as this blood was shed, and as this cup symbolizes his blood, today partaking of this is simply saying, God, I accept the fact that you seal that you seal this promise that you have just given me today. Whatever the Lord has given you, whatever the Lord has reminded you of this morning, whatever that He's brought to mind for you this morning, partaking of this cup is going to seal that for you. You are now, you, you, you are saying this, that Lord, as I partake of this cup, as I partake of the blood, the shedding of the blood, as I partake of this cup that symbolizes the shedding of your blood, I am sealing this promise that you have given me. And I'm saying yeah and amen to it. So let's partake of this in Jesus' name. And consider yourself healed in the name of Jesus. You're healed.